Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. We're a few days away from the May 17th NBA Draft Lottery. The Magic finished the 2022 season with a 22 and 60 record, good enough for worst record in the East and second worst record in the league as a whole. So we roll into the draft lottery in the second position. However, we could be picking as high as first or as low as sixth when that Tuesday evening concludes. So we're going to be really, really excited, enthused uh, on the meh side, maybe, if we're at two, three. Actually, I, I think we'd be happy for two or three, honestly. Maybe three or four is where it's meh. Or angry, furious, cursing, bawling, crying our eyes out if we're fifth or sixth, because for fifth or sixth, it'll feel like we wasted a year of tanking. But uh, we're going to also look back on some of our season predictions and how those aged, as well as discuss some of the magic news of the past month. Let's go. Hardaway, straight down the lane, the power jam. Point guard on the 7 6 guy. Here's Lewis turning and he shoots. Yes! Here's Turkaloo for the win. All right, so Penny, last pod we did was about a week or two before the season ended. So we ended up finishing the season 22 and 60. We're going into Tuesday, May 17th draft lottery with the second worst record in the NBA. Uh, So we're recording this on a Friday night, uh, May 13th. So it's coming up. Um, You know, right now there's some pretty good NBA playoff action that interests you. But, uh, I mean, there hasn't been a ton of magic stuff between – you know, the last time we potted and, and now, and now, I mean, I, I missed the last two games of the magic season to be in Manchester and Liverpool. And I actually did not mind that at all. That was, there was no regrets involved with that. You didn't miss much. I know I, I would have actually enjoyed us kicking Miami's ass, even if they were resting everybody that, that actually, that I would have probably enjoyed watching that. But um, other than that, you know, hopefully, you know, Miami's in the Eastern conference finals for, I think it's the ninth time in their history, which is about nine too many. Uh, But they've made it nine times. The Magic have made it four. So, like, that gap is widening. Obviously, Miami's got three NBA titles. The Magic have none. So, uh, I would like this this draft lottery to be the last one the Magic are in for a long time. That that, that would be nice for that to happen. But um, in the meantime, let's get into some news here, all right? So, Devin Kennedy got a full contract. Like literally, I think it was like a day or two after we did that April 3rd pod, Penny. So uh, I'm, I'm assuming you're as happy as I was to see Devin uh, no longer no longer be either a two-way guy or a 10-day contract guy or be stuck in Lakeland limbo. He's he's on the roster. And I mean, unless something crazy happens with our with our roster spots, he's he's gonna be on the roster going into training camp at least next season. What do you what do you think of Devin getting the full? full-time contractor yeah it seems very well deserved and that persistence pays off um and i think that we're still hoping you're talking about current playoff situation and unfortunately the miami heat we're we're still looking to try and find that pipeline from lakeland to orlando so it would be nice to have a 
homegrown success story where he contributes next season as a full-time member of the team. Yeah, and I mean he he shot it well, he, he shot it well that Devin was. I mean he, he's yeah he's he's a walking over forty percent three point shooter, and he's not gonna be like a second string guy for us. He's gonna be you know one of those twelve to fifteen guys on the roster, which is fine because when you got you know Miami's got guys like Max Struess that are making a huge impact, or you got you know if you look at Milwaukee, it's like you know, Pat Connaughton or Grayson Allen making an impact. Like Devin Kennedy can be one of those guys if the magic ended up being good. So I, you know, it's a great story from where, from where he was a little over a year ago with the leg injury, just a really bad leg injury and him just fighting to try and come back. And he's good. That, that kid, he's going to be like the Seth Curry story that wasn't with the magic where we had Seth Curry for a little bit. He didn't know how to use, utilize him. And, you know, Curry's been doing his thing in, in Philly and, and, and Brooklyn since then, basically. But and I'm not to say the candidates at that as good as Seth Curry, but I mean, he's he's got the shooting touch. The man, the man I think, averaged uh, the most three point attempts per game in his brief period of time that he did this season with the Magic, any other Magic player. So the man can shoot threes. He can shoot them at a high volume and he can shoot them at at good efficiency. So look forward to seeing Devin, hopefully, um, you know, make the, make the regular season roster next season. He should barring something crazy happening, but it's good to see him do that. But um, let's talk rookie of the year real quick. Uh, So Scotty Barnes won rookie of the year. Nearly he beat out Evan Mobley. Barnes had 378 total points in the voting. Mobley very close behind at 363. Kay Cunningham finished third, fairly distant third at 153rd, uh, 153 points. And then Jalen Green finished fourth because he got three points because some, you know, drug-minded person voted him second in, in rookie of the year voting. So because of that one second place vote that's worth three points, Jalen Green finished third. And Franz Wagner, our guy, finished the ended up actually finishing fifth, I think, with uh with two third place votes. Uh, yeah. With two points. So, um, so yeah, Jalen green. Yeah. Jalen green finished fourth. Franz finished fifth and Franz got the two third place votes. What do you think of the rookie of the year voting? I actually thought Scotty Barnes did steal rookie of the year out of those last few weeks and Toronto finishing with a slightly better record than Cleveland, I think actually made a difference. Um, I, I'll also ask you this out of those Four guys, Barnes, Mobley, Green, and Franz. Uh, you know, would you would you give up Franz now for any of them? Because any of those other three, because I actually would not. I I, I actually think Franz is that good with a great enough future ahead of him to where like you can offer me Kate Cunningham straight up for Franz. I'm actually I'm I'm actually not doing that right now, which goes a long way from where. You and I thought Franz right. was going going to be uh, as a player, but what, what's your thoughts on the rookie year? What's your thoughts on what I just kind of asked out there? Is like, would you yeah, trade that's... Franz for one of either Jalen Green, one of Evan Mobley, or one of uh, Scotty Barnes? Um, that's well. First of all, with regard to the voting, we're going to have to hunt down whoever voted from the Houston Chronicle, I guess, um, to sneak Jalen Green. It's got to be a Houston vote because right. it's one of those where technically I think local media can vote for 
for their guys, I guess. Um, it's different when it's like team employees or whatnot or team folks, but it's got to be like a Texas reporter or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. But yeah, that but I, was... I don't think uh, I don't think you can really dispute or quibble too much with Scotty Barnes. Um, and obviously, you know, you look at MVP and stuff like that. It's it's a regular season award, right? But the optics help Scotty Barnes too when he's making a big contribution on the national stage in the playoffs too as a kind of retrospective of the season. Um, a lot of a lot of great talent in this draft class, which yeah. I think we we kind of knew and expected. And to yep. to respond to your very interesting question, um, obviously I was very wrong about Franz. Um, we both were, yes. And I own that. And we've, we've uh, owned it. We've owned it. <laughs> that being said, I think if, if I, yeah, if there was a swap for Mobley or Barnes, I think that, that I would, that would be an equitable swap. I don't know that I would trade for Cade necessarily. Um, and certainly wouldn't do anything for, for Jalen Green. Um, not to take anything away from Franz and obviously now that he's been here for a year, he is elevated in our eyes because he's been wearing the magic Jersey, but there's, I mean, there's talent in, in this past year's rookie class for sure. Out of those four, I think the closest, the, the most tempting one for me would be Mobley, actually, Mobley. just based on yeah. what he, he did like Barnes, like he does a lot of good stuff, but I mean, he still can't shoot. And there's still, I, he had a lot of usage this season for a lot longer than say Franz did like Franz had his most usage in December when he won rookie of the month. And when COVID just wiped out most of the league, you know, with, with guys get testing positive and whatnot. And Franz had Franz had the amount of usage that any of those other four guys had gotten. He, he probably finishes higher, if not maybe even wins rookie of the year, but that's a good point. And he was especially, the most, yeah, the, like the month over month splits of his usage and especially acclimating Markel Fultz back in when there yeah. was steep drop off. You're very accurate on that point. And look, Cade finished third because Cade got more national attention. He, he did. And Cade got a lot more touches and a lot more shots. And it, it's good for him that he showed that he, he looked, he looks to be worthy of the number one pick. Because it didn't look like that initially when he, you know, one was injured. And then even at, you know, the, that first month or two when he was back from injury, like it, 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 it really took those last two months for him to get going and kind of can be the same for Jalen Green. And so it's almost like it was like a smash and grab where both Green and Cade hopped over Franz in the, in the voting. I, I really, I thought Franz was going to finish fourth in the rookie of the year voting. Like I thought, you know, Cade overall had a good season. Like he's scoring a ton. He's scoring like 20 points a night or whatever, you know, when, when things were going good for him, Detroit won more game, you know, one more games with us, one more, a little one. And yeah, started winning more games than us down the stretch. So I get it, but for Jalen green to finish above Franz that, that pissed me off. And um, like Franz is going to be a lock for all, all rookie first team. You know, that that's going to happen, but um it was just an interesting vote to me. Like, I think the first two, like the top two were, and I guess the top three, because again, I thought Cade was going to take it were, were correct. But just that J- one Jalen Green second place vote threw me for a loop there. Any other thoughts on this before we go to the next one? 
I think that was buttoned up nicely and hopefully he'll take Franz will take it to heart as he gets ready for next season. Yeah. And again, I don't want to see him playing in summer league. Like he can hang out with the guys in Vegas, but I want to see him playing for Germany in Eurobasket. That's, that's what I want to see, but all right. So again, we're recording this pod May 13th uh, on May 2nd. It was announced by the team that Jalen Suggs underwent surgery to repair a slight stress fact, uh, stress fact. Uh, I can't say fracture. Jeez. A slight stress fracture <laughs> in his right ankle, oh. which there's nothing slight about ankle surgery. There's no, there's nothing slight about any surgery in my mind, but um, yeah, right ankle uh, stress fracture uh, was, was repaired. And I just think of all those games, especially like the last three months of the season where Suggs was just limping around. And I'm like, why are you playing every other magic player that picks up an injury, like gets extra time to be out longer. And, you know, I, I'm not going to doubt the guy's toughness. I'm, I don't doubt any player's toughness, but clearly when you're not walking right or you're like, you keep like hurting yourself, I'm, I'm going to want to wrap you in bubble wrap a little bit there. And, you know, it was on the broadcast. I think people were saying, you know, some of the guys were saying like, Oh, he's a football player or whatever. He wants to fight through it, but like it's led to this. And I, you know, it's not the same thing, but I think about Grant Hill's ankle issues where he was at the end of his contract with Detroit and he hurt his ankle and he tried to come back in the playoffs when he probably shouldn't have played in the playoffs to prove to the fans and everybody that he was worth the money. He, you know, he wanted to be there. He wanted to fight for, for the Pistons and he hurt it again. And then he, you know, the magic did the sign and trade to get Grant Hill and Grant Hill wanted to prove it to the magic front office team, you know, team teammates, fans, and make himself worthy of that of that contract that he had signed, and he came back too soon at the start of that of that 2000 season, uh, 2000 2001 season, and it hurt. It ruined like the next seven years of uh, of his career. And I don't want to say this is the same thing with Suggs, but you know, I hear stress fracture, right ankle, whatever, or ankle surgery, whatnot. Like my mind's gonna go to that. So I'm hopeful that they get this fixed you know you know get this fixed one and done and i'm hopeful that surgery uh technology has advanced greatly in the past 22 <laughs> years but um you know you're still putting like pins or screws in there most likely when it's a stress fracture and you know you you got to do the job right and it i'll be surprised if he's playing in in vegas for summer league uh, timetable wise some people think he can play in vegas but i wouldn't even risk it um, which is just a shame because he really needs to, he really needed this whole summer to just develop everything, be it his, just the way he, the way he handles the tempo of the league, just his thought process, his basketball IQ, his shooting specifically, his shooting was atrocious all his rookie season. And he's not, you know, he's not going to be able to get it going now till probably training camp, at least from, from what we'll see. Obviously he'll do his private workouts. He'll do what he can, but um you know if he's sitting in a chair or a wheelchair just shoot a bunch at a rim you know while you're sitting down it, it won't hurt you i promise but um you know penny what are your thoughts on the surgery what are your thoughts on the fact that the magic tried you know the magic played him when i i you know you can look at tweets you can look at twitter i'm like suggs is limping again or subs is limping like why suggs out there and yeah just what are your thoughts on all this yeah there's a lot of uh really visible 
moments throughout, especially this, you know, once he came back from the thumb where you're like, this isn't quite adding up with how everyone else is being handled. Um, to The summer is the most important time for development and to have that be impacted schedule wise in any capacity. Um, you can see how damaging it's been for the likes of Mo Bamba most recently. Yeah. So very, very important to have an extended period of time at full strength to strictly work on um, individual skill building and, you know, improving skills that help benefit within the fabric of the team. So uh, it'll be interesting. And then again, you know, how, how much of this is luck of the draw versus durability. And I think that we are very heightened to um, durability and fragility with magic players right now. So you never want to hear or see anything like that. And hopefully it's just a case of a couple of bad luck knocks during the season. Um, and then he'll be good moving forward. I hope. Like even after he got the broken hand, like I thought he came back quicker than I than I thought we'd see him. And my, my only thinking is just that either, you know, he I mean, it's probably all of them, but he his representation his, you know, the magic themselves, you know, the front office, the coaching staff, everybody wanted to maybe get him out there so that he'd have a shot at one, you know, being, you know, being voted into the. uh into the uh, all-star weekend, which he ended up getting in, which that still kind of surprised me that he, that he got into to that. Um, and, and, but uh, the other thing was just him making maybe an all rookie second team, which there's no chance in hell that's going to happen. But um, yeah, that, that intrigued me. But um, before we get on to the season predictions, let's, let's go to one other, you know, another topic or two. So we're going to talk about Terrence Ross. So Terrence Ross had said in an interview that, uh, you know, he wanted to go somewhere else. He basically it seems like his time in Orlando is done, which that doesn't surprise me. Um, I feel like, and I don't know if he said it on a Twitch stream or a podcast, but I mean, he had mentioned how he likes living in Orlando, like his family specifically loved being in Orlando and my thinking now with him saying that he wanted to be traded was he just didn't want to be traded during the season or during the school year for his kids, you know? So that's my thinking with that, with him turning things around, because had he wanted to be traded three months ago, he probably could have, but he couldn't because he was shooting like shit. And when you're not contributing offensively, which is the only thing you're good at really contributing at, it's tough to get traded with your contract. Now, you know, Again, my he could had he had he been shooting better than like thirty percent from three point range, like he could have potentially netted us a first round pick uh, from from a contending team. I, I really think he could have. But now that he's going to be entering the final year of his contract, now you're entering into Evan Fournier trade territory, where now you're kind of hoping to get either you know you're basically hoping to get two seconds for him. Or, you know, you have to include him in a bigger trade, basically, to get decent value. Because, you know, I, I said it at the, start of last, at the start of last season, I probably said it since before that, but, you know, just because you're in your early 30s doesn't make you a great veteran on a team. You know, he's, he, he's a guy. He's a, he's a good talent when he's focused. And, you know, he, he, has, a, he has a big part in, in how the Magic made the playoffs those last two seasons, you know, 1920. 
but he's, he's fallen off. He's fallen off basically since he got the new contract. It's just, it was much more rapid this time. And, you know, he had those, he had the back injections at the start of the season, but health wise, I mean, he was, he was dropping dunks pretty well, you know? So I, I don't know if, if health factored in for him, but he, he just, he just wasn't shooting well. And it's not like, you know, and other than maybe one or two games, like the win we had in New York, where he went off for like 20 points in the fourth quarter, whatever it was like, he had maybe two, three good games all year, which is kind of crazy if you really think about it. But I mean, he's, he, he, like, he had a lot of open looks that he just could not convert. Like he was dribbling it a little bit more and, tr- and trying to hit more mid range shots. And that just didn't work out for him. But even like just his three pointers, just it, they weren't, they weren't dropping for him. And, you know, what are your thoughts on T Ross? I mean, I think you're going to kind of agree close to me where it's like, you know, I, I'm not going to miss him that much at this point, but it just sucks that the magic aren't going to get much for him in a, in a trade package, you know, unless it's a, it's a bigger deal, but. Um, I think we've yeah. kind of been uh, not mesmerized, but kind of stupefied by the hold that he has over the general magic fan base. I assume it's because dunks are cool and threes are fun and he has a, uh, cool nickname. Fun nickname. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but again, to echo your point, there's a difference between a vet and a guy with a lot of years of experience in the league. And I think that he falls in the latter category. He, he may be, I, I'm sure he's an engaging and fun person. Um, and, you know, has developed close relationships with a lot of the guys on the team certainly seems to, um, have fully embraced his role as a community member of the community in Orlando. Right. Um, and that's always nice to see because plenty you know, of NBA players, past right. Or current that aren't on the magic now have done reside. That as well. Yeah. 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 Reside in Orlando. Yeah. Um, I don't think, do you anticipate him moving um, before the start of the season, maybe as a sweetener for some kind of draft day? deal i i don't particularly see that so then you're talking about next year's trade deadline and again you're hoping that his back is holding up he's shooting above 35 percent from three and that there's some desperate team that is going to overpay in the hopes of you know of keeping doc rivers employed again to get over the hump or something that uh, that makes a swing and hopes for the best. But if you look at his numbers, other than the contract year, there's, I mean, he, he is who he is. So yeah. uh, I don't see a lot coming back. And, um, you know, I, I don't know how much we'll miss in terms of production or locker room other than just as a fan in this day and age, it's rare to see the same guy in the same Jersey for so many years. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'll, I'll be more than happy to give RJ Hampton those shots. So that's, that's fine with me, but um, we'll, we'll disagree about that. Well, okay. that's fine. I'm on, I, I've got a lot of RJ Hampton stock. Like yeah. I, I own RJ Hampton Island at this point, it feels like based off what I've heard from, from fans and some of the other magic pods, but that that's fine. I'm, I'm ready to rake in a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, earnings from that, hopefully. But um, yeah, I, I don't see T Ross being on this, on this team, but even by training camp, honestly, like he, it seemed pretty definitive that he's going to be gone one way or another, be it, you know, during draft, the draft, be it during, 
you know, during, uh, you know, the later in the summer after, after pre-agency kicks off, like some, something's there. And I don't know, I, I really, I'd be really pleasantly surprised if the magic would were to somehow get like a late first round pick from a contender, because seeing what he is, like, I don't know of many playoff teams that would go get him, except maybe the Lakers, but, or like the Clippers, but I've always had this, this vision and image that he'll end up back on the West, on a, back on a, on the West coast with an NBA team. So whether that's a Portland, whether that's Sacramento, one of the LA teams, something like that. But um, it's just a matter of what, what we would want to get back. Like it would an expiring contract on a, on a, on a late 20 something year old guy that you want to take maybe a look at or flyer on be good enough. Maybe, I, I don't know. Cause again, I doubt someone's going to give us even like a protected first. Like it, we're, we're looking at a second round pick or two, if, if we're lucky on that. So um, speaking of vets that do add to the locker room though. So let's talk about Michael Carter Williams, who is not a member of the magic. Uh, in fact, the last time we'd really seen him on TV was uh, on the Valley sports, Florida broadcast doing pretty good job. Actually. I thought uh, doing some of the, you know, some of the Q rich Bo outlaw type uh, comment commentating during ma- a few magic games, but he's been working out the magic practice facility. Some of the magic players are, are taking Instagram story, you know, Instagram photos with them and whatnot. So, you know, in the facility, MCW, I guess has his ID card to get in the facility, however he wants, but he's currently free agent. But I mean, do you, do you think MCW is coming back? Would you want MCW back? And then I'm also going to throw in James Ennis's name because he ended up not playing this NBA season somehow. The guy who shot 43% from three uh, over a year ago with the Magic, he he did not make make an NBA roster. And I guess would you be interested in either or both MCW or Ennis if the price is right, Benny? Um, sure, why not? <laughs> I, I, so I think, especially uh, as locker room additions, at least for MCW, NS even yeah. even NS had a pretty underrated locker room hold. I thought. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. I think I think James might have got one emergency uh, COVID like one one or two game thing. He did, and then didn't stick anywhere. Which how how frustrating is that when shooting is at a premium in the NBA? You, you shoot the ball damn near 50% from deep and you can't cash a million dollar check the next season. And he's a pretty good defender for a four, right. for a three, four, which is what is like needed in the NBA. Like NBA teams are dying for three and D guys. There's something baffling about that. I, I could be wrong um, and you'll have to fact check me, but I'm pretty sure that um, any NBA free agent can work out at any NBA facility if they're in that city. Like uh, I'm sure there's yeah. uh, liability clauses and and whatnot. Um, of course, it, yeah. It seems like the Magic and MCW, even beyond that, obviously have kept a in in whatever close contact they're allowed to be in and, and a positive, solid relationship. And again we don't make the playoffs without him coming on board, um, you know, a few years ago and we rewarded him with a a decent contract to keep him in the NBA. So I think there's some uh, mutual admiration and affection there. And if he wanted to come back on a minimum deal to be a locker room presence, then there's no harm in that. Yeah. I would be more than happy to have MCW back. We, we needed, 
we need vets. And I don't know if Robin Lopez is going to come back, even if he does, like he, he won't be enough. Like you, you need an MCW who I'm sure he's more than fine being a 13th, 14th guy on the, on that bench, you know, and if the magic are going to try and hopefully compete this upcoming season, you can use that guy's versatility in defense. Like, yeah, like his shooting's obviously not good, but he he has a role. And MCW was huge in the Magic making the playoffs in 2019. So it'd be nice to have him. I'd be happy. I'd be potentially happy to have Ennis as well. Um, I, I I would just think he'd want to be on a contender. I right? like he's good enough for it. But I guess the rest of the league didn't think that for some reason. But um, I guess we'll see what that. The Ennis thing is speculation anyway on my part, but. Um, yeah, I will ask questions on two other players though, Benny, before we uh, review our season predictions that we made, but, um, obviously Brooke, the Brooklyn Nets have, have fell off a cliff. They, uh, they got just absolutely wrecked and, and swept by the Boston Celtics and they, that thing, that shit might be falling apart with, you know, Ben Simmons still hasn't played a second for them. Kyrie Irving is, uh, is Kyrie Irving and, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Durant may or may not be uh, looking to move elsewhere, maybe as, as a soon to be 34 year old guy. Would you have any interest? And again, I'm this is there's no rumor to this. This this is just me speculating <laughs> at this point. But would you have interest in the magic trading for a 34 year old Kevin Durant? And if so, what would you think? you would be willing to part with and what do you think Brooklyn would actually take? Well, the answer, of course, before you get into any of the uh, logic is a resounding fuck yes. Yes. Um, And it takes whatever it takes and you do it for relevancy. You do it for relevancy. Now, if you're talking about a 34-year-old Kevin Durant who you forget is 34. Yes. Um, who's removed a year removed from a, you know, two years off the Achilles injury, which Mm -hmm. is a career uh, not killer anymore, but certainly uh, lingers. Um, And then again, he just completed a campaign where obviously there was a lot of turmoil with the rest of the roster. Um, But you're, you're looking at a situation where he maybe has fallen off still clearly the most talented skilled, you know, right up there with Giannis for best players in the NBA. Right. But maybe the impact of all those minutes and the injuries and the frame and everything else, he might be getting to a point now where as the sole best player on a team with no other superstar assistance, then you're looking at a Tracy McGrady like impact in terms of, okay, you're going to, you're going to squeak into the playoffs and then you're going to flame out. And there's nothing wrong with that for a team that hasn't sniffed any relevancy for a long time. Um, And not that he would come here, right? It's all hypothetical. But if you're, if you have faith and belief in who you're building with, then obviously in the real world, you, you wouldn't make any deal. Yeah. I, you're right about him likely just not having interest in coming here. And maybe if we had Vooch on the team still, maybe he'd be more interested in coming. Uh, maybe not. But uh, I think it's it's interesting because if you put Kevin Durant on the magic and say you give up Isaac, Suggs, Ross, four first-round picks, let's call it. Let's say we're giving up 
let's say we're giving up the mat the magic of giving up this draft pick this you know assuming it's not like the number one or number two pick let's say it's between three and six let's say we're throwing that in as a third first and then the fourth first could be uh you know another one in the future 2024 or something i I don't know um i would be willing to do that i just don't i mean sean marks is a good gm he he is I, i i genuinely believe that so i don't know if 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 he'd be looking for something more more definitive because if you're trading Kevin Durant, then you're saying bye to Kyrie Irving and you're basically blowing the whole thing up. Whether you keep Ben Simmons or not, it doesn't matter. You're they're rebuilding. So you're looking for young assets with and you're looking for draft picks and you're looking for just a clear, a complete clearing of the cap at that point, which you know that trade I just offered up is it would be something like that. I just don't know because I mean because Two of those picks, it's going to be a Bulls pick in 2023, which Chicago might be teetering. If and we're going to talk about Zach Levine in two seconds, but if Levine walks out the door, that changes a lot of stuff for Chicago. And that 2023 pick might look good, uh, and that that Vooch trade right. is going to continue to look good after all for Weltham. But uh, and then 2025 with Denver, where no one knows what the situation is going to be with Denver or Jokic at that point, so who knows? But um, I would do that for Durant. Like Durant's one of the few, uh, like, like I don't like guys like Kyrie Irving. I don't like James Harden. I, I don't care for LeBron. Like I like Kevin Durant, like Kevin Durant does. Very Can I ask you a question about yeah. Kevin Durant, the person? Yeah. Do you think he's a prick? I don't actually No, I, No, because. I think I think he the man more got, of a troll than a prick. No, I, I'm not even a troll. I think he's just got insecurities, man. Like, uh, like don't we all? Well, I, I do. Like him, if I was as famous as him, I would probably create a burner Twitter account too. I really would. If I was that famous with that much money and you know some off time when I'm not playing basketball for a living, like I would, I would probably do with do something like that. But um, by all accounts, like I. I think he's he's a good he's a good dude. He's a pretty chill person. Like I I'm good. Clearly with Kevin loves Durant. basketball, which you can't <laughs> say for everybody. No, that's t- you know. So I would do yeah. that. But anyway, that's enough K- KD stuff. All right. But I I just I don't think he would he would come here just based off of the boss game. Like, Absolutely would not. But it would be stuff. funny if they wanted to blow it up and they send him to Orlando and then send Kyrie to Sacramento or something just for kicks. But like the Magic have the supporting cast defensively where if you throw Durant <laughs> here, like that's pretty good. That's pretty great. So that's, I'm just going to throw that out. Um, it's a better supporting cast than what Brooklyn had. That's for damn sure. Um, or even Philly for that matter, probably, but all right. So Zach Levine is a free agent. Uh, he also just had another knee scope, I think yesterday or today <laughs> done. So uh, he might by default end up resigning with Chicago uh, if, but in that aspect, but um the Magic are one of the few teams this offseason who have cap space potentially to sign a guy like Zach Levine. Would you would you do that? If Zach Levine said, you know, I'm interested in coming to the Orlando and you know, and the Magic could sign him straight up, would you would you sign Zach Levine? Well, first of all, we we don't anticipate interest from no. Zach Levine. We don't anticipate any free agency any interest, interest from, any. from guys of that caliber. Unfortunately, I, uh, right we haven't had a big big free agent signing since Richard Lewis. Richard right? Lewis. Yeah, I so. 
Zach Levine to me is, I, I'll be interested to hear your take because to me, he's right on the cusp uh, of the type of talent that you need. I, I would be inclined to say no. Um, obviously, hyper athletic and can shoot the basketball, and we sorely need talent and shooting. Um, but to me, I, I don't think I would cash the chips in on him. Um, I do think it's funny if he does end up going somewhere else and they turn it into a sign and trade situation or something where there's reports of New York getting involved and sending Fournier to Chicago. So that would just be a complete, yeah, let's just run it back in Chicago. That might be uh, very beneficial in terms of us having their their pick. But would, Um, would you take... Exactly. Is that the one that you're going to cash the chips in and go, okay, or he's going to be the alpha for the next iteration of the team? You and I agree too much sometimes. Yeah, I'm no, I'm not doing it for Levine. His, even though he's 27, it feels like he's older, but it feels like he's had as many surgeries as he's had years in the league, but um, which actually might be true, but still it's, I'm not doing it for Levine. Like I, I see, like, obviously he puts the numbers up, but and maybe it's just the injuries taking their toll, but like he just could not, he could not prove himself late that this season with Chicago and especially in the playoffs. And I just, Levine's not the guy I'd rather roll the dice and draft the guy like Shaden Sharp or, or, or Jaden uh, Ivy and for them to play the two or start at the two or hell I'd rather sign Gary Harris and have him sign, you know, start at the two and put the bit money elsewhere, just put it aside or, you know, and, and and just go and go from there. I don't think you, Levine's the guy. I don't think Levine it can be the alpha on a team that can contend. That's that's this, where it comes down to. This them. will end up being a moot point. But do you rank Bradley Beal above Zach Levine? I do, but it's Bradley Beal has some team chemistry issues. There, there's and maybe it's a Washington D.C. thing. Who knows? But there there's some personality traits which kind of scare me with Beal that. I haven't even seen Levine from Levine, like, but talent wise, I would take Beal over Levine. Yes. Yeah. Um, and actually I would probably, I'd rather, and I would actually trade, even though he's an undersized shooting guard, I'd actually probably rather trade for Mitchell than go after Beal or Levine at this point. I'd rather go for a six, one Donovan Mitchell than, than those other two, but that might be in the minority on that. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Would you prefer Mitchell over Beal and Levine? Mm. Probably take Beal of the three. Okay, that's it's I mean, close that's though. Fair. I think it's close that's with fair. all of them. Yeah. Um, plus, Mitchell's going to end up on the Miami Heat, and <laughs> Jazz fans are going to want to kill Dwayne Wade for being like a sleeper cell agent or something for taking them to Miami. That that's where that's going to end up probably. But all right, let's. Uh, I'll, I'll, I've got one or two other things, but let's let's review our season predictions that we that we had. And surprisingly, we actually did better than I thought we 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 would when I when I heard this again. But you know, these were our you know we we did our our prediction show. I think it was like literally like a couple of days before the regular season started. It might have been two actually, but you know, reviewing our predictions, like we we went over like when did we think Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac would be back. And basically both of us, it's just funny hearing it, but both of us basically were like, it'd be very, it'd be surprising if we didn't see them both by like November, December, but not quite. Yeah, not, not quite. We still have, maybe we'll see Isaac this December. Who knows? We'll we'll see. But um, we were correct in that we said Fultz would be back before GI. I just didn't expect 
bolts would not come back till after the all-star break, but there we go. We got the timelines wrong on that. Um, we both correctly predicted that Jonathan Isaac would not get vaccinated by the all-star break, which was a bizarre question by me at the time, but actually it ended up not being very relevant, but it still ends up being relevant because it's still going to probably be a problem next season because I don't see Canada dropping the mandate for unvaccinated players. So if Isaac wants to play in Toronto twice next season, he's going to have to get vaccinated most likely. Um, so there's that. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Any comments on, on the Fultz or Isaac stuff so far? I, it's depressing. This is only the first <laughs> question in review. Um, all right. This is, this is a chance to take a prediction back now. So uh, we had a, I had a question where, uh, Jamal Mosley won't make, or I said, Jamal Mosley won't make it to 216 games, uh, juice it or lose it. And we actually both said juice it. Now, why the 216? Because that would be 52 games into the, into their third, uh, 82 game season, which, uh, is what, uh, when Jacques Vaughn got fired 52 games into his third season as, as head coach of the magic. Um, and we both said, you know, he, he wouldn't make it to 216. So, Mosley is 82 games through this prediction so far. So he's got one season down. He's got, you know, a little over a season and a half to go, basically. Are you changing your mind or are you not budging on, 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 so we both said again, that we don't think Mosley will make it to 16. Uh, won't make it to 216 games. Are you changing your prediction? I'm, I would like to, uh, Oh, that's tough. I, I'm you know, not I budging. Looking- I'm not budging. I'm still not I was budging. Looking, I was looking the other day. Uh, Brett Brown got seven years. You know? Not that yeah. that's the same case. Across, you know, and that was an extenuating circumstance. That was a longer tank than hopefully may, what we're going to go through. If but, we go through a tank that long, like, just just shoot me. Like, honestly. I'm like, starting to think a three three full season run. Oh, so oh if okay. I okay if okay. I had to choose now, I would take it back and say he gets he gets through three full seasons. Uh I'm I'm not budging. I I I just I I didn't see anything from him this year that makes me feel any better though. I will yeah. say that. It, Mosley's left a lot to be desired. And look, I'm glad the team liked him. I'm I'm glad that at least personally you know, personality wise, at least conversation wise, like he seems to be doing a lot better than what Jacques Vaughn was doing at, at this point, but also these, the rebuilds are a little bit different. Like year two could see some similarities. We'll see, but like, Let me, I, I, have, I have a way too early prediction for next season. Just one. <laughs> okay. Hopefully I'll remember this, well, but yeah, go for it. Will there be a bell next year in the, in the practice facility? Is there going to be a, a bell ringing play situation again. I is think, that a one year only deal? Nah, I think I think they'll have it again. Oh but, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. I hope yeah. I hope I hope that's one of the coaching adjustments he makes <laughs> take the bell out, but I just don't All I think right. it's gonna be there. Here's the thing. I genuinely think like like the magic this next this upcoming season are going to try to be, win games, whether that's trying to make the play in, trying to make the playout, whatever. Just try and win as many games as you can and play everybody. And Mosley's faults are going to show themselves a lot more this season than they did or this upcoming season. They did this, this past season. And if that, and then it, but you know, year three, it's going to be even more pressure to win after that, whatever the pressure is going to be next season, it's going to be much more amplified. And I, I just don't see it. I, I really don't. I hope it proves me wrong. Like I, you know, 
I, I, I it, but if this turns into a multi-year tank, it's, it's, it's going to be tough either way, either it's going to be a multi-year tank or we're going to try and win. And I, I just don't see it. I, I didn't even see, like, we didn't have much of a system this year at all. And I don't know, does that change? Does it, the, I mean, I, I don't know. Does, does it just get better? Cause we're playing our, our better players more, hopefully maybe yes, but um I don't know. We'll see. I'm not budging on my prediction. Again, I'm ho- I hope I'm wrong, but I'm not budging. All right. All right. Uh, we did an over under three and a half magic all-star weekend representatives. So Penny, you were correct. You went under, uh, I went over, so I was wrong again. I, my, I picked four and of course two of them, I definitely got wrong. Um, so I picked Suggs and Cole who got in. I did not even mention Franz Wagner, which is again, a big whoops. And that's just how low we were on Franz after the preseason wasn't even summer league. Cause it was still after the preseason when he was still struggling. And I even said that I thought Franz Wagner would end up seeing time in Lakeland. Like that's how bad it was looking for Franz for a bit there. But then my, my other two picks for all-star weekend were uh, then sophomores, RJ Hampton and Chuma Okiki. And obviously that didn't work out for them. Chuma, you know, he rough, rough start. Chuma, I mean, this is a good example where Chuma, he, he got hurt basically all, he was, he missed all of preseason and some of the, you know, and then some of the start of the regular season, I believe, you know, at the time I have trying to remember all this, but he, um, he just, he was playing catch up and it took him like months to get back to looking kind of like Chumo Kiki. And I'm hoping he's just healthy all off season and he'll be healthy going to the regular season and he'll look more kind of like what I think he'll look like, um, and then Hampton, he, I thought he was being played out of position way too much early on. Second half of the year, they finally played him more shooting guard, small forward. And RJ Hampton shot 40, over 40% from in catch and shoot three point situations. So you do that, you're, you're, you're a player in my book. So, um, yeah, so I'll go with that. But, um, and then I did get one uh, other small prediction correctly tied to that, though. I also predicted that one of our guys would be in the dunk contest, which Cole there was. Well, was he? Yeah, I, I guess we'll have to quickly erase that from our memories. But um, <laughs> there's no top shot documentation of it. So probably the worst prediction you both of us actually came up with is we both thought Gary Harris would lead the Magic in scoring this season. Uh, I brainwashed you, I think, into that because – I, I was leaning into that hard early and I, I ended up getting you in the end there um, to where you, you, you were uh, on my side and you, you were very persuasive. Yeah. yeah. And obviously you shouldn't listen to me for, for obvious reasons. Um, but Gary did not obviously uh, finish with the most points per game. He finished fifth uh, behind Cole Anthony, who was at 16.3 points per game, which was quite the fall from the 20 points per game he was averaging at. The first part of the, like the first month of the season. Um, Franz Wagner finished second, 15.2 points per game. Wendell, a very close 15.0. Wendell came on strong to end the season. Suggs was at 11.8. Um, and then Gary was at 11.1, but a very efficient 11.1. So, um, yeah, I I thought Gary Harris was going to pull a Aaron Aflalo from like 2013, and it just it didn't it didn't come to fruition. He was struggling mightily up until about early mid-December when he turned it around and just started shooting lights out. And, you know, I, I hopefully we can bring Gary Harris back on, on a, on a either, you know, it'll be an expensive one or two year deal or just a reasonable like multi-year contract, but we'll, we'll see. Um, 
And then we both correctly said that the Magic would not make the play-in. And then for the Magic, I also said, uh, I also asked, would the Magic end up with the worst record in the East? We both correctly said yes, which obviously we said it grudgingly, though we weren't excited about it. No, but we we finished fifteenth after all, and we did get this correct. Um, I asked another unique question: Was would the Magic have at least one ten game or more losing streak? Penny, you said no. I said yes, so I was actually correct there. Uh, there the Magic go. had one a ten game losing streak from late December into mid January was was that ten game losing streak, but it was only one, so. Um, we, our 22 wins were sprinkled in at an ideal times. I thought for, for the most part, um, yeah, uh, that, that, that's all I'll say for that. And then we, I asked, uh, one of the, I asked juicer to lose it with the magic, uh, finish, I think, uh, under the 22 and a half wins over under prediction. So Vegas had the magic at an over under of 22 and a half wins. It actually dipped down, I think before the season started to 21 and a half, but um, for the pod, we did 22 and a half. I went over at 25 and 57 and Penny, you can pat yourself on the back because you actually hit it perfectly. You hit under it with exactly 22 wins. And obviously Vegas did a good job put, pinning it down to the 22 and a half uh, over under or 21 and a half, whichever place you gambled if you gambled but uh the magic went 22 and 60 so good job on you penny can you predict a lot of numbers for the weekend (laughs) i will take that i've come a long way from predicting uh 50 wins in the 2003-2004 season so you have displayed growth and wisdom (laughs) that i still have clearly not at this point but you uh, can't help it you just you're a man of faith and conviction i'm a very optimistic person damn it and i'm an i'm a I'm a hopeless romantic and the magic are pretty hopeless for the most part, at least this past season. But, um, and then one other question we had, and that was who was going to be the magic MVP of the season. Penny, you picked Wendell Carter jr. I stupidly picked Chumo Kiki, which that aged awfully, uh, awful. Um, I guess there's, we're going to have a debate here though. Who was the magic season MVP? Because I still, I, I'm going to give the slight nod to Franz Wagner. Uh, but if not him, I would have to give it to Wendell Carter Jr. If it was the MVP award for the first two months, it'd be Cole Anthony. And then that kind of dropped off a cliff. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to fight for Wendell just in terms of uh, consistent production. <laughs> yeah, I need more points. But just in terms of consistent production throughout the whole year, um and and also all the fun he gave us with the goggles yeah and i hope he does make the switch to the horace grant goggles because one it'll probably save him money two it'll look cooler and three it'll probably be safer so just just do the horace grant switch that that that'd but, be good. but but franz to average more than 15 as a rookie um and to be in the conversation where it's arguable that he was our best and most valuable player speaks uh, very positively about his future and that we struck gold there. So that's a good thing. And we were likely going to have a bad season to be, you know, to have a magic rookie be the MVP, <laughs> right, but right. It, the future looks good though. So yeah. that's, that's good. So that, that was it for the predictions. I don't know if you had anything else to add. I, I, I try to go through them a little, little you know, fairly quickly, but I, I'd like to see how we stack up against uh, everybody else, but I don't, I don't feel too bad about our, our, season prediction show and the payoff here 
No, you definitely carried me for most of it. Like I got some of the small, like irrelevant ones, correct. Like I do in a lot of things in life sometimes, maybe, I don't know, but uh, no, it, uh, it we, we did good overall. Like uh, overall we did better this season than other seasons probably yeah. had we had, had we looked upon those. So, um, all right. Okay. So a few other things before we get to the end here, but um I, I wasn't going to talk about it because we did talk about it a little bit uh, with Jonathan Isaac's Exhibit 3 contract clause, but, um, you know, uh, other people have been have revealed like a Bobby Marks article that came out in like mid-April, but it, 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 I guess because no one gets ESPN Plus or whatever or pays for ESPN Plus, so, uh, nobody noticed it for like a month, but uh, you know, Jonathan, Isaac, uh, Jonathan Isaac's guaranteed money on his contract has, uh, has taken a hit. So he's still set to make 17.4 million next season. Um, now there's other uh, stipulations that contract where if he doesn't play a certain amount of games as well and that he'll, he'll miss out. But, um, like this, like this past season, because he didn't play a certain amount of games, he lost like two and a half million off, off of that. So. Uh, but for the 2022-2023 season coming up here, his 17.4 million. The if the Magic were to waive him, say you know, say in August or whatever, uh, they'd be on the hook for only 16 million of that would be guaranteed of the uh, of that 17.4. So that's pretty steep. But it takes a big dip the the year after that in 2023-2024 season. It the guaranteed money goes down to 7.4 million, and then. There's it is completely unguaranteed that 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 final year of uh, Isaac's contract in 2024-2025, you know, it, it's it's nothing. So um, I, I guess it just it just it, it makes it more interesting to me now than why Isaac didn't see the floor sooner at all than than what ended up happening where he didn't play at all this season because it's impact the entire life of his contract here uh, potentially. and. I mean, it makes it much more tradable as well. Honestly, if if you're if you're trying to include him in a trade package, you're telling other teams like, "Hey, this contract, you know, you know, this you're on the hook for 16 million this upcoming season, basically, if you were to waive him." But like, if if it doesn't work out, you know, that drops significantly the year after that. So, I mean, there's there it almost it almost increases his trade value without him seeing the floor, even though his trade value is still really low, but. I mean, the assumption is if he's if he's healthy and and moving about like he's a walking defensive player of the year candidate. But um, I I just I'm just curious from a from a J.I. perspective, from his agent's perspective. And then I I think Isaac didn't play this season because of the stipulation, the contract, like somehow the, the front office and the coaching staff and the training staff somehow convinced Isaac not to see the floor. To, to to make it like to make it where this contract's now in this situation. I don't know what what's your viewpoint because I'm I'm surprised that this this happened where his his guaranteed money has dipped this much. I, I don't know. What's your viewpoint on on it? Um yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to think about the negotiations. Um like did I and- does Isaac think he's gonna make that much money off selling books? Like I, I don't know, like or in preaching, like I don't know, or Fox News right. appearances, I don't know, or D or you know, Republican or uh, right wing like national conventions. Like I, I don't know, maybe maybe he's gonna make bank off all that. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, continue. Well, I just I want to say the the only I never care about how much money the DeVos family is paying to a player, nor do I care about 
how much money a player is receiving. The only thing that we care about as fans is the salary cap implications, right? So whatever the, it doesn't matter what kind of check is getting written and cashed. It matters right. what, what counts on the books for the team payroll. So um, it's, it's just a lot up in the air and we really have no way of knowing any like, yeah, based on how the last season went, things are manipulated now, but moving forward, while there's more flexibility, there's still no clear cut answer in terms of what's going to happen. So it's, it's a, it seems like a confusing mess still kind of. Yeah. Um, I, I, I still have this, this feeling, uh, or I still have this viewpoint that the front office, and even like when Jeff Weltman had that, uh, had that 96, nine game interview on Mike Bianchi's show. And he talked about Jonathan Isaac, like the wording he used, and I'm not going to quote it because I can't remember it specifically. I don't have it written down, but he used words like Jonathan Isaac's like one of the most unique guys I've ever met in the NBA. And I'm like, is that a compliment? I don't, I don't know. So like, it's one of those where I, we know ownership loves Jonathan Isaac. Like there's no doubt with that. I just think, I, I just don't know if the, I, I'm just not sure what the front office, uh, if the front office is uh, as attached to Isaac or if they're kind of in our in our kind of viewpoint where they need to try and trade him while they can, you know, if he can get on the floor and display his value, but it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, his trade value is super low right now. I don't expect, I don't expect him to not be in a magic Jersey at the start of this upcoming season. Like I expect to see him to play. I know he's out obviously you know, recovering from that hamstring surgery or whatever that he had. Um, and Hopefully uh, he, he gets healthy, hopefully gets on the floor. And, you know, the best way to, to make folks love you again is to kick ass on the court. But, um, yeah, that, that's all I got for Isaac. Anything else from you? Oh, that'll do it. All right, so last bit. We're going to make – I want your draft lottery prediction. But uh, before that, uh, you know, the Magic are, gonna, are in, you know, second position pre-lottery uh, Tuesday night. And – you know, they could pick anywhere from first through sixth with that draft lottery pick. And then second round picks, we have 32nd and the 35th pick, I believe, which Weltman or Weltham don't really care for uh, picks between 20 and 40. But it'll be <laughs> interesting to see if they at least keep one of them. One of them's destined to be sold to the Lakers somehow. Like, it's, it's, it's just going to happen. And, and But we'll see uh, how that goes. Um, but the Magic, uh, again, they're... they're they're in second position pre-lottery. Um, so this is going to be the fourth year of this lottery, current lottery format. So the prior three years, uh, the previous uh, teams that were slotted second going into the lottery were Detroit last year, who Detroit went from second to first. They drafted a Kate Cunningham. Uh, if the Magic end up with the number one pick, that would be absolutely freaking amazing because uh, then – you hold all the power in your hands. You, you absolutely 100% are going to get either the guy you want, or you're going to somehow use that number one pick to maybe trade, make a ridiculous, like an absurd trade. But um, it's, it, it'll be nice to actually hold the power because as I've said over and over continuously, the magic have not moved up in 14 NBA draft lotteries. The last time we moved up in the draft lottery was 1993, which was the Weber penny draft. Um, and so you know, it'd be, it'd be amazing. But uh, if you look at 2020, 
and the 2019 lotteries. Cleveland both times had the second pick, and both times they fell to fifth. And in 2020, they got Isaac Okoro, who it's still kind of early for him, but you know he's 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 all right. He's he's a player, I guess. But um, 2019, they got Darius Garland at the fifth pick, which was is a much better player. And can we just you know, back up for one quick second? Yep, is that yep. not the highest praise that you can give to someone in the NBA? What he's, he's a player. A, he's a player, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that worked not, out. Yeah, I mean, uh, Okora, Okora is a pretty cool, is a pretty good, like, secondary piece on a, on a team. All right. He's not listening. You don't have to make him feel better. No, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so hopefully we don't end up in that situation where we drop down to fifth or sixth. If we drop down to fifth or sixth, it'll feel like we've wasted another uh, another season tanking, basically. Um, you know, last year we fell from third to fifth. We saw Jeff Weltman's shock face, uh, which his heart definitely stopped for a brief second before he had to try to make his face look neutral again. But we, we all saw the, the unhappiness on his face when that happened. But um, what are your draft lottery predictions, Penny? Where, where do you think we end up here? Um, I hate to say it. My overwhelming feeling right now is that we slot in at number four. So if I had to say today, that's that's what I think. I think it's either going to be four or three, and I'm leaning towards fourth. Um, I, I I think we're going to end up third. So we're going to fall, but we're only going to fall one. And okay. top three is where you really have to be, because once you fall out of top three, then you're really kind of, yeah. You're, you either have to decide then are like, are we trading up to get one of these studs? Uh, are we? Are we just trading the pick in general to try and get maybe a guy like Donovan Mitchell from Utah? Who knows? Like something that, that that's where that definitely opens up. Um, I'm not going to go over draft prospects right now. We will have a whole month for that. And hopefully the magic will have their training facility up and running their new one uh, for, to, to have all these draft prospects working out. And hopefully if not, there'll be an Amway center, but um, cause I mean, the draft, the NBA draft combine is also happening uh, this next week uh, up in Chicago. So it'll be uh, interesting to see uh, stats and figures and interviews that come out from that. But uh, any other final thoughts, Penny, on the draft lottery? Um, we will not be going to uh, to any draft lottery parties. I went last year and that didn't work out. So I'm going to either watch it somewhere else. or I'm just going to watch it at home and hopefully uh, – Hopefully it's good news with the, with the draft. And I don't know. And we don't know yet who the magic are sending both to be in the back room and also to be on the, on the podium when, when the results are announced, but uh, yeah. Any, any final thoughts, Benny? I hope everyone has a fun and safe time out and uh, we'll be crossing our fingers for uh, one or two. One or two would be ecstatic. Let's yeah. do that. So we, we appreciate listening to another episode. Please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, take care. Let's go magic.